Welcome back to Chatting with Copywriters Season 2. I'm your co-host, Bobby, And I'm Kimberly. This season, we have more of your favorite ad breakdowns, insider marketing and copywriting tips, interviews, and more wacky questions that lead into interesting marketing subjects. You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. And in this episode, Kimberly and I get into the real metrics that matter when it comes to your marketing. But before we do that, Kimberly has been on a little bit of a rant before we got started. And I said this was too good to give up. And so, Kimberly, (laughs) let's talk talk about what's frustrating you today. What's frustrating me today? Okay. Um, So here's the deal, right? Anytime I start uh, a project with somebody, I ask them what their ultimate goal is, right? What would 110% success rate look like? And usually a lot of my clients don't even have that idea. They're like, oh, wait, uh, there's going to be something measurable at the end of this. And I said, yes, absolutely. You want something measurable because you want to know if it's working or not. But this time someone actually did have an answer. They wanted to to get a specific number of signups for a free trial per month. I said, okay, yeah, that's great. That's a, that's a really uh, measurable metric. Uh, yeah. Their numbers seemed reasonable. And then I looked at their traffic. <laughs> and uh, their traffic was, it, it just wasn't possible. It was literally not possible to meet their goals with the current traffic they had. Not because I planned to give them something that wasn't going to work, right? But mm-hmm. in general, when you're talking about marketing of any kind, you can have benchmarks, right? They'll, they'll tell you, uh-huh. okay, you can expect to have an X percent rate on this and an X percent rate on that. And, and the reality is if you have 100 people that go through a marketing funnel, the number of people that even get to the portion where they're being offered something paid is like 20. And the people that take that is like three, okay? Uh-huh. It's just the way it works because of how metrics land out. It's not a matter of, is it great? Is it wonderful? Your product is still fantastic and you can do things to increase those percentages, but you cannot expect a hundred percent conversion rate ever. I am not going to tell you I'm going to give you a hundred percent conversion rate. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to tell you're going to get a hundred percent conversion rate just because you're going to have random people who land on a landing page or a website or whatever that aren't looking for what you're selling, right? They put in a term, they went to the page, it wasn't what they were expecting, they left. That's okay, that's always gonna happen, it's not a problem. However, to be fair, (laughs) I'm gonna fan the flames just a little bit here and really get this out. You did ask them what is a 110% success rate metric for you. And look, if I'm going to, if I'm going to just throw something out there and actually have an answer, well, sure, I want 100% of the people that come and see me to buy from me because you asked me what does 110% success rate look like. So right, but the success you rate asked for it a little bit. No, I'm no, just no, saying. because the success rate they asked for was more than 100% of their traffic. Okay, so they want to grow. I still don't <laughs> see a problem with this, right? Okay, yes, I'm they just saying. But, but honestly, here, here's the deal. I have run into this so many times where people are like, I don't want to spend the money on this particular method anymore because it's not converting. And the reality is it is converting and it's converting at a great rate, but the numbers but, just aren't there. They're not getting enough eyeballs on what they're talking about. So today I kind of want to talk about, you know, what are the industry standards? What can you expect in terms of conversion? What is average? What is below average? And what is above average, right? You'll see so many pieces out there about how to increase your conversion on X, on your landing page, on your opt-ins, on your email open rate, on your click-through rate, whatever. But you need to know, okay, what is normal? 
what is the industry average? What is, uh, what is, this is mediocre and anything I do can go above that. I am the data nerd. Let's <laughs> talk numbers. Let's talk numbers. Oi. Yes, let's, let's talk numbers. And also let's talk about um, intent versus conversion. Because that's another, another big uh, deal for me at least is what you're converting, translating to sales, where are your audience members in the stages of awareness? Now, we talked about this in a previous episode about stages of awareness and how you know, if somebody doesn't even know you exist, getting them to buy something from you is a much longer process. But getting them to sign up for an email from you is a much shorter process, and that can still be a positive conversion. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if, we, if we're going to talk about the, the numbers and the metrics that matter, let's, let me ask you in your opinion. In my opinion. Okay. In your opinion. In the hum, as humble as that may be. <laughs> <laughs> in your opinion. So when you, when you talk to your, your clients, what is, what is the metric that matters? The metric that matters for a lot of the projects I do, you know, I, I work with a lot of B2B companies, right? And B2B companies have a very long and involved sales process for the most part. Um, a lot of them, especially since they're selling software, which may or may not be very expensive, it's going to take more than one interaction for them to make a sale. Okay. And, and that's fine. That's okay. That's the way it works. It's, it's great. In terms of what is the metric that matters, I would say for any type of business that operates in a B2B setting, you need a conversion on your website. And I say that in a general manner because so many of the people I speak with, they don't have anything that's a conversion on their website. The only thing they may have is give us every single thing about your entire life story and we'll set up a sales call. And okay. that's, <laughs> you know, if I have to put in 15 different things for a company I've never heard of, that's really low. And it's not a way of engaging and building and nurturing. It's, it's immediately asking for the sale. So I would say, first and foremost, you need a conversion tool on your website to start building out your list. You need to start building your email list. Your email list, you know, the money's in the list. They, you hear that all the time and it doesn't, it's not an exclusion for B2B businesses. The money is in the list. So I would say first off, you need some kind of opt-in option on your website. Okay. And you want to get, you know, three to five. If you can get 10 to 15%, that's great. But even three to 5% of the traffic that comes to your site, most likely uh, that is the traffic that is highly interested anyway. Three to 5% may seem really low, but uh, we were talking about before how a lot of times mm -hmm. people who search for something, the reason they'll land on your site and then leave is because they realize it's not what they're looking for. And you want the people who aren't looking for what you offer to leave. It's a good thing because you are only wanting to try and build that relationship with people who are potential buyers. So mm -hmm. I would say, you know, three to 5% on an opt-in form of some kind. And when I say form, I mean like email address, maybe first name. That's what we're talking about here. Just mm -hmm. get on my list. Let me send you something of value. Let me see then if you open what I sent you. So first and foremost is a conversion on the website. And then open rate of the first three emails. And that's oh, okay. because, you know, the first email is to confirm they want stuff from you. The second email is to get what you promised them. And then the third email 
is not related to the free thing you promise and is starting to build the relationship of, oh, this person's in my inbox and I want to continue hearing from them. So I think I've done a kind of a, a big picture thing here, but those are the conversion rates that matter in my mind. Uh, is your open rate on your first three emails and the conversion rate on your opt-in box on your website to start with? How about you? Okay. Okay. I can, I can see how that would, I can see how that would work in some of the stuff that you do. I'm more sales driven and you know, a lot of the stuff that, that I write is very sales oriented. And so for me, a return on investment matters. What that means is the amount of money that is spent to acquire the sale needs to make sense. And Oh, absolutely for mine too. It's just uh, uh yours I think is a little bit more immediate. You can get that return on investment within 30 days. For me, it takes like three to six months potentially to get that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, I can, I, you know, and that's, that's some of the difference in just, you know, how you and I, you and I write the type of writing that we do. And that's fine for me. Metrics that matter are how much, what is your actual customer lifetime value? These are things that people don't necessarily know. And if you can build that out, because most of the companies that I deal with, the customer lifetime value is not a single sale. Right. It's a single, you know, it's a sale. It's potentially the upsell, downsell, cross sales, additional sales, sales a month later, the next time that you sell to somebody. What can you reasonably expect that when somebody enter, you know, if you think of what you're doing, especially online, as it's like a physical business. So if somebody walks through your door in one way, shape or form, where, you know, they've, they've asked for information, they're, they're on your list, they've walked through the door into your business, how much can you reasonably expect that anybody there would spend with you? So I have a lot of my, my clients, we can gauge about how valuable a single email is based on, so if we, if we get your email, if we get your email on average, I can expect that for every email that I have on my list, it's going to, you know, I'm going to bring in, you know, $300, $500, $15,000 worth of revenue per email. Now that doesn't mean that one single email on my list is going to be spending all of that. Maybe I have between the five emails that I have on, you know, the five emails that have gone into my list, not the emails I send to people, but the people that have like registered for my list of those five emails, maybe one person spends 20 grand. Well, great. If one person spends 20 grand over that list of, you know, five people on my list. Okay. So I can reasonably expect that one email is worth four grand. Now that does not mean that that's how that is, but that, that tells me more how much I can spend to acquire that email because I now know the value of the emails based on my list, based on the history and the customer lifetime value, which is where you get your return on investment. There are some amazing math that comes into play there because, you know, some people stay on your, you know, your list for a month. Some people stay on it for a year. Some people never get off your list. Some people don't even have lists that are that long and and have been going for that long. So they're still growing their lifetime value. But um, for me, customer lifetime value is a metric that matters. And if you don't know it, it's worth the time and effort to try and figure it out. 
And Absolutely. And seasonal I would say- businesses don't have, you know, the people that do run seasonal businesses don't have the excuse of, well, it's January and my business doesn't kick off until September. And I'm like, yeah, you've got a big, you know, you have to keep you can still figure it out. You can yeah. still figure out how to do it. it. There's some complicated math behind it, but that's one of the metrics that matter to me. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's the same, uh, knowing lifetime customer value is also really, really powerful uh, for my clients as well, because most of them are SaaS, which is software as a service, which means they get money every month. And, you know, one of my clients, they have like a 98% retention rate. So Mm -hmm. once they sign up, the chances of them leaving are very, very low. Then you can say, okay, yes, it's going to take X number of dollars to acquire them. And you're not going to recoup that until six months later, uh-huh. but that's okay because the chances they're going to stay for the lifetime of your company so far is really high. Yeah. So, you know, that I, I would agree. Lifetime customer value is also uh-huh. an important metric that matters in yep. terms of marketing and building up that list. Um, you know, I would say conversion on your website, just because if you don't have something like that in place, then where are you getting these people from? Right. So conversion on the website and the open rate of the emails uh, especially those mm-hmm. first couple of emails. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily care so much about the open rates. I do, I do, but I don't, right? For you me, do, but you don't. I do, but I don't. I, I want it to be high enough that I, I don't tick off the email um, algorithms, right? right? I, don't, I don't want to do that. But for me, it's, and, and specifically in what, I'm, what I do when it's, more direct immediate sales related click through rates yes, matter click through rates matter way, way better so you have an ad that has a bunch of impressions what's the click through rate to whatever's next in the sequence and then you know sometimes it's a pre-sale page or it's a long form sales page or it's you know the short form you know there's so many different steps that can be um, between the time that somebody knows about you to the time that they buy, what is the click-through rates in all of those? Because there are industry standards like you you had talked about before. There are industry standards and each industry does change and it is different. And there's platform standards. So if you're on Facebook for your marketing or if you're in email marketing or if you're in doing Google marketing or any of that type of stuff, there are industry standards that you can reasonably expect to know. Are you meeting basic standards? Are you lower than basic standards? Or are you just exceeding standards, which is amazing when you can find that? And also in terms of uh, meeting benchmarks, it's also really important to realize uh, where, as we've talked about, where in the stage of awareness somebody is. So if you're talking about Facebook, for example, here's the average click-through rate. Well, is the click-through rate for an ad aimed at somebody who doesn't know what you offer as opposed to someone who does know what you offer, you know, what Uh is, uh, you know, what's the value of that? And the reason I included open rates, I specified though those first three emails because in B2B, Mm -hmm. as I said, it's usually a six to 12 month sales process before somebody is ready to buy. So if somebody is willing to open those first three messages, then they're willing to open future messages, which is great because it's going to take a while to nurture them. If you're talking in terms uh-huh. of posting a, a link to do a sales call, how, you know, how good is your sales team at closing? Okay, then based off of that, how, what kind of a rate do you need to meet your quota? It's very simple math in that case. It's, 
How many people uh-huh. does this message need to go in front of? What percentage of those people need to click and actually schedule? And uh-huh. then of those, I can expect usually sales calls 30%. I can expect 30, right? Once they sign up for that sales call to then say yes. Okay. Going from that, work backwards. How many people does this need to be in front of? Once you know that number, you need uh-huh. to know what your minimum size list needs to be at all times. Yes. The met- metrics is purely a number game. I it mean, is that's, a number. That's, that's what it is. It's the more people that are exposed. And this is why, this is why the term, which is a very recent term in the last, I want to say maybe 10 years, is the term funnel. Because yeah. it's the broad audience, how many people can I reach initially? Because of that, only a portion of people are going to make it to the next step, which is a portion of your click-through rate, right? How, yes. how, I, how do I get them from the first step to the second step? And then only a portion of those people are going to get in from the second step to the third step. So what's that click-through rate there? And then the next step and then the next step until you finally get to the point where money exchanges hands and service has been provided or the product has been provided. Absolutely. And so it's called a funnel for a reason because it looks like this upside-down triangle so to speak, of broad at the top and very narrow down at the bottom. And when you understand all the metrics along the line, which ones, where do they fall? How do they get from point A to point B? And what is your drop-off rate or click-through rate or even return on investment and any of that type of stuff that follows from point A to point B when they become a customer? When you understand the metrics that really matter, it makes a big difference. Now, what's a metric that a lot of people love to talk about that we haven't even touched on because it doesn't matter. Do you have any idea what that may be? I, it's kind of a leading question. I'm seeing if I can bring you to there, right? For me, a lot of the metrics that people talk about are related to social media. They relate mm-hmm. to social media because they say, oh, I got 50 million likes. I said, okay. Likes definitely can make that piece of content that you posted to social media get broader reach, right? The algorithms are, are skewed so that if people like it, if they comment on it, if they share it, then you get in front of more people. Great. Mm-hmm. However, if you say, oh, I'm so excited. This, this thing got 25 likes. Okay. Did any of them click on the content? Uh-huh. Because for the most part, when you're talking about people liking what you're posting, a lot of times people are sharing something, right? They're sharing a link to a blog post, yeah. to a service, to something, right? And a good portion, I have noticed this just, you know, on my own social media accounts. Sure, lots of people will like it because they like the title. They like the headline. The headline did its job. It was interesting. However, they don't read it. Uh They're busy. They're scrolling. They're not really that engaged because Facebook is one of those things where, yes, I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep looking. I'm going to keep looking, but I'm not going to, it's easy to press like it's more work to click through to then read, to then do something. So Uh I I would say like is a vanity metric for the most part, uh, just because especially on like LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn, I mean, getting engagement on LinkedIn is, is very, very low because as we've talked about before, people don't spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. They're there for a reason. They're there for a short period of time. They're going to answer their messages. They're going to scroll through their feed once. They're going to look at their notifications. They're going to leave. So, uh-huh. you know, yes, somebody liked it. Great. But did someone engage? To me, 
liking is not really engaging. If they share it to someone specific, if they comment on it, if they click through and actually read it, that's a better indication for me. Um, I've just seen so many places throughout social media, no matter the, the platform, where I'll get a ton of likes, but I'm not getting increased traffic, or I'm not getting increased click-throughs, or I'm not getting more people who are signing up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yes, I totally agree with that. I think there's a, for, for sure, you, you have those vanity metrics. For me, the, you know, a specific number of people on my list is actually irrelevant. Oh, right? absolutely. I don't, I don't feel that there's a need to have 200,000 people on my list if they're not even remotely close to being real prospects. So exactly. that that's a vanity metric more than anything else. The reason that I think it's a metric that doesn't matter is because it's a metric a lot of people use that is completely irrelevant to what they're looking for. Like you had mentioned before is, I mean, if I want to get 500 sales in a year you know, I work backwards. Okay. So 500 sales in a year, what is that in a month? If I want to get that. And then if I need that in a month, how do I go work from the metric that matters? What is the real metric that you need that matters because you're keeping your doors open and the lights on and your people paid and food on your table. That metric is the first one to start with. And then everything backs out from that. So it doesn't have to be, I need a hundred thousand people on my list. I need 50,000 people on my list. You may only need a 1000 people on your list or 10,000 people on your list. That metric only matters because it's a byproduct of the real metrics, the ones that drive your business. And so that's, there's a vanity metric there and going, Hey, look how popular I am because I have all these people on my list and none of them buy. Well, then that means your list is kind of potentially useless. (laughs) I like that little pause. Yes. So, you know, I think we've, we've talked a lot about the different types of metrics that matter and how uh, different industries might have different metrics. But the big things are what is tied to the next step? What is tied to the next step towards somebody buying from you? If it's not tied to that directly, then the numbers don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers don't matter. Uh, any final thoughts, Bobby? No, I think I kind of hit it up there with um, making sure that you're focusing on the metrics that do matter. Because if you can increase click-through rate, but your sales drop, there's a problem. Absolutely. If your sales increase and your click-through rate goes down, but you're getting more qualified leads to come through, then which metric matters most? And so it's all about paying attention to the metrics that matter. Thanks for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters, where we talked about the metrics that matter in your marketing. If you like this episode, feel free to smash that subscribe button so you get future episodes delivered to your favorite digital device. We'd love your ratings and reviews, so take a few seconds and let us know what you think. Also, if you want to be on an episode, visit our website at chattingwithcopywriters.com slash guest.